Hey everyone, thank you for choosing to spend time out of your day to listen to today's episode. I'm your host, Zachary Eric, and let's get this playing. So today's episode is actually going to be about how you as an athlete, as a basketball player, can get over sports performance anxiety. And yes, everyone has sports performance anxiety, whether you're a professional, an amateur, middle school, elementary, everybody, and college. Everybody has some way of going through sports performance anxiety. You can also be someone in the workforce, like um, a manager job, CEO, stuff like that. Anyone can have sports performance anxiety, and you're probably wondering, okay, what is sports performance anxiety? And basically, it's, let's just start off by saying, you're about to play the biggest game of your life, and your hands start to get clammy, your stomach starts to get butterflies, you feel pale, your legs feel like jello, uh, you don't feel like yourself. And this is what we call sports performance anxiety, where you're kind of doubting yourself. And at the end of this uh, video, or in the end, my last topic of the video, I'm actually going to give three techniques or three breathing exercises to get you out of the state of uh, sports performance anxiety that I use throughout uh, my career and throughout my playing career that helped me a lot whether whatever role I was playing on the basketball team I use these breathing techniques and I just want to give them out um, I'll get into it but I learned it from a YouTube channel that I uh, love dearly so so yeah but sports performing anxiety it's that feeling when you don't feel like you're yourself you're very nervous before a game uh, maybe the you're in a workforce and a manager tells you to present in front of a team or you have to go on stage and present as a preacher, as someone who's giving a talk. And that feeling of, oh, my God, I got called on or even like in class, getting called on and you're nervous to answer the question, even though you know the answer or even though you know you could play to your full potential. What is this sports performance anxiety that every athlete goes through and why do we go through it? But I'm just here to tell you right now in the beginning of this video that everybody goes through it. Your favorite player goes through it. Your favorite player that you're going to watch in these NBA playoffs, they go through sports performance anxiety because they're at a heightened stage and they know the consequences of if they lose, they go home. If they lose, they go to Cancun. If they lose, they go fishing. So everybody has sports performance anxiety, but some people have it less than others. And that's totally okay. And like I said, in the end of this video, I'll give you some tips to overcome it. So topic number one, I just wanted to start off by saying you as an athlete need to stop being mean to yourself. And what do you mean by stop being mean to yourself? And this is basically your negative talk. And this is when something goes wrong in a game, something goes wrong in a practice, and you just go into a spiral, a snowball effect. Um, I could throw a turnover in a game or in a practice and I just start thinking to myself, God, why did I make that pass? Or I should have done this, I should have done that, but in a negative way. Or keep on missing shots. And remember what I'm saying right now, that these are all uncontrollable acts that you can't control. So like I said, this is like things that are going wrong. And I actually, when I was a little, when I was a little kid going to the park with my dad, um, if you listen to the last episode, I mentioned that me and my dad used to go to the park all the time. And as a little kid, I hope, but my dad used to beat me all the time on 1v1. But while I was getting beat the whole time, he'd like block my shot 
or, you know, play good defense. And automatically I tell myself, I suck. I suck. I'm a failure. Like, I don't know why. I thought it was the funniest thing. But my dad used to tell me, like, why are you telling yourself that? Like, you're going to start believing it. But my dad had no thought of what kind of psychology that was. And me being a kid, I wanted attention. I wanted to win. So I had to revert to other things. And that's getting mad at myself. So, yes, Zachary Aird as a little kid was just telling himself, I suck, I suck, I suck every second of playing 21 on the free throw line, missing game point for 19, and I'm just saying, I suck, I suck. And even my dad would say, um, yeah, you probably do suck as a seven-year-old, but he just kept telling me, why are you, like, where'd you even get that from, uh, that you suck, and why are you even putting that self-doubt, self-doubt and negative talk in your head? So we start to say mean things um, to ourselves, but the whole reason why you're being mean to yourself is because you as an athlete know how much you're capable of and know how much uh, the best that you can be. Just like I said, you know your capabilities and you know your standards of play. So if I'm a shooter, I know I should make these threes. If I'm missing, if I'm a passer, if I'm a point guard, I know I should be uh, you know, dishing out these assists. If I'm a center, I know I should be getting these rebounds. I'm not getting rebounds today. I'm not boxing out. I'm not doing the simple stuff. And that's all that game that matters, the simple stuff. So back to what I was saying, you're not as worthy of the words that you're saying to yourself because the capabilities that you have on top of yourself. So when you're saying those mean things to yourself, that's going into your subconscious, and you're actually probably most likely going to believe it, which is typically why you see someone who has negative self-talk that they usually don't play a good game after that. So like I was saying, you're trying to be the best person you could be, and when this mistake happens or any mistake or any life-alternating thing in your life happens, you automatically go to that and make mistakes. But what happens when someone makes a mistake on the court? What typically happens through a high school or college student? They start to think to themselves, okay, what are the uh, repercussions of what I just did? If I throw a turnover, coach isn't going to play me. If I miss a shot, coach isn't going to play me. Um, now I'm not going to be in the starting lineup. Oh, my God, now someone else is going to take uh, my scholarship or someone's going to take my spot on next year's team. I'm not going to have a play position. I'm not going to have a play I'm not going to be a player anymore. All that negative self-talk from just one thing, which was a miss, a missed rebound, a missed shot, a turnover. But what happens when we start thinking that? And we start thinking in our brain, oh, I can't make any more mistakes anymore. I'm going to keep making mistakes. I can't do that anymore. And when you start to think like that, you're going to make even more mistakes. Yes, I said it. You're going to make more mistakes when you start to think about all those mistakes instead of you that you should just be playing freely, to stop being mean to yourself, to let go of who you think you are or who you think you are as a person or who you think you are as a player. You should just stop that. Like, just, if I'm a basketball player, just not even think I'm a basketball player. I'm just playing for fun. I'm playing to have fun. I'm playing to be with my guys. I'm playing uh, for a person in the stands. I'm playing for them. I'm playing for someone above. I'm playing for that person. And that's how it should always be. You should never be thinking about your mistakes. And by being in this like snowball effect of just mistakes and mistakes, mistakes, like I said, you're going to make more mistakes. And uh, let me just tell you something. What if I, what if I was your coach? 
And as a player, as you being a basketball player, I told you, go tell little Timmy over there that everything he's doing wrong. Right? I told you, you're my, you're my uh, player. And I tell you to tell your teammate everything that he's doing wrong in practice and in a game. What do you think is going to happen to that teammate? There you go. He's going to have self-doubt. He's going to have no more confidence. He's not even going to want to play no more. And that can actually hurt you. You telling that person, that's basic. the person that I'm telling you to go tell, that's your brain. And the person you're telling is you. So imagine you're, you're telling yourself all these bad things. You're not going to want to play with that guy no more. So you're not going to want to play with your brain no more. Just turn off that brain and let it do what it's supposed to do. Be that player. Go jump in the air. Go make that dunk. Go make that pass. Go make that shot. Uh, go get that rebound. Go get that steal. Maybe stop someone from even getting around a screen. Something as simple as that. You would not tell your teammate. You would not listen to me as a coach if I told you to go tell your teammate what he's doing wrong every time. So why would you tell your brain or why would you tell your brain to tell you that you suck, that you're a failure? Because you're not. You're not. That's just a mistake in a game. That's not who you are as a person. Am I wrong? Or So yeah, just keep playing basketball. Keep doing you. But in this reason, in the way I'm saying not to be mean to yourself, and the way you can hold back from negative self-talk and negative self-doubt, is from topic number two that I'm going to talk about, which is visualization. And visualization is so powerful in the world of sports. Your favorite athlete talks about visualization. And visualization is basically visualizing, picturing, uh, going through like a movie or going through like a, like a TikTok or Instagram reel of what you're going to do in a game. You already know what you're capable of. So now let's put it in it. Let's put your brain in it. Like, close your eyes for just one second and picture yourself, the person you already know, guarding if you do scout. You picture that person guarding you, and you're just going through the play. Or you're going through a play, and you get to the basket. Or you go through the play, and you shoot the basketball. Or you're boxing him out, or you're defending him. You're making a script for yourself because now when that game does happen, it's going to be way easier. So let me tell you a fun fact. Is that actually... Your brain doesn't know the difference between if I picture the game right now besides or whether I actually play in that game. So if I were to picture the game right now, let's say I have a game tomorrow and I picture it and I picture everything that I as a player is going to do and then I have the game tomorrow playing. Your brain doesn't know the difference if the game even happened or it didn't happen. That's how powerful your brain is. So why not take advantage of it and actually picture your game play out in front of you? Maybe before the game, you know, those stretching moments before the coach walks into the locker room or AAU tournament and you're in the lobby and you're freaked out because you're about to play a top player in the nation. Go through the game in your head. Have that smell of the gym. Have that crowd roaring, the crowd cheering for you. Think of all those senses in your brain. How you're feeling? Are you sweaty? Are you cold? Are you hot? Like things like that when you go through it so that when it does happen in the game, you already know what happened. Um, there's a player I actually saw, uh, Conor McGregor. He goes through the fight, his fight of the octagon about a thousand times, but each each play. So if someone's about to kick him, he already knows 10,000 ways that guy is going to kick him. If he's going to throw a punch, he knows 10,000 ways he's going to throw that punch. And this is perfect for him 
Michael Phelps actually did this too. But this is perfect for him because now you know whether or not that's going to happen in a real game because you've pictured it already. It's like watching film, but now you're doing film in your own brain. Picturing you doing that is going to be so powerful for the for your game to unrewind and just do. So now that the game, the basketball game is way too fast for you to come down the court and be like, okay, he's going to come set me a screen. I'm going to come around. I'm going to shoot the corner. No, that's that's too slow. The game is just going to happen. Flow, flow, flow. So now when you play and you've already mastered your mind and you've already visualized everything that's going to happen, now you're set. You're set for success. So now when it does happen in a game, you're just going. You're just going with the flow and you're letting your body play how you pictured it. You're not going to be in the game like, oh, I visualized this, but it didn't happen. No, you've already visualized a thousand ways of what you're going to do when you come up the court. So now one of those ways is at least going to come right. I hope if you prepared that that way. So visualization is powerful by getting a way to be mean to yourself because you're only mean to yourself because you're putting uncontrollables on you. But visualization, now you can picture both the good and bad. Uh, before games, I would actually picture the worst things that could happen in the game. An air ball, hitting the side of the backboard, uh, a missed layup, um, getting broken. Because those, if I think of the worst of the worst that's going to happen in the game, I know it's not going to happen in the game. But if I think it's going to be the worst of the worst, then I know what's coming. I've already pictured it. I've already pictured the crowd laughing. I've already pictured the crowd videotaping. I've already pictured it being on social media. All those things. And when it does happen, I already know what happened. So now I'm much powerful than the person who doesn't picture that because they're not ready for that moment. I'm ready for failure and I'm ready for success. So if you visualize yourself having success and failure, you have nothing to be worried about because now you're just playing freely and letting your body do what it's supposed to do. Your brain is so powerful that you should just let visualization take care of itself because you as a basketball player, you've already made it this far to be playing basketball on a team, getting minutes to play. So actually, there's two stories. And the first one I just said, which was me picturing the worst of the worst and the best of the best. And now when those things happen, they're not going to be uncommon to my brain or to me because my brain doesn't know if it's real or fake. The second one was um, Jim Carrey. Uh, I found this on, on the internet, and I think my dad told me a while ago, like when I was a kid, but Jim Carrey, before he was really a, a named actor in the 90s, he signed himself a check for $10 million. $10 million he put himself, his name on the check, and it basically was, he like wrote on it, uh, summarized like, uh, pay this when I'm finally like big. And he visualized it because one of the ways that you can do visualization is writing it down on a journal to manifest that. It's why people do vision boards. It's why people do journaling because now you're writing down your goals. You're writing down what you want to succeed in life so that it could come true because you've already visualized it. So if you visualized it, you can put it on paper. So Jim Carrey visualized him making all that money, $10 million, and put it on a check. So then a couple years later, he finally got a role, and this role was actually Dumb and Dumber, which 
was supposed to be a no-name, budget-friendly movie. And no, this exceeded the box office, which earned him that exactly $10 million for his role. And he, the power of visualization, he manifested that. He affirmed to his body, to his mind, that he was going to go get it, and he did. And you see this with a lot of people. I'm actually reading a book right now called Becoming Supernatural, and I'm excited for it because I was going to buy it one day, roaming Barnes & Noble, and I put it away. And then I was at intern today, actually, and then left the internship, and I was like, I'm going to go buy it. So I literally did a U-turn, went to Barnes & Noble, and got the book. And the book is already talking about how you should manifest your life, have affirmations, how powerful meditation is. And visualization is right there, is right there on the board to be talked about to help you as a person. So who not to listen to than Jim Carrey? He wrote down $10 million on a check did his role, did everything, and won it. And this is perfect. This is all you need in life is visualization and to stop being mean to yourself. You only mean to yourself because you're holding on to those judgment thoughts. So I always bring up this one thing that I learned um, in college, and it's just a funny way to just see how you look through visualization. And you can kind of try this, but you always kind of want to stay... Uh, first person mode which if you play video games third person is like gta so third person would be your outside of your body and then first person is like so third person is like 2k and gta where you're outside of your body playing and then first person is through your eyes uh being you so i remember my teacher saying how do you picture yourself in these moments and for me, when I was growing up, I used to always like be away from the park or be away from basketball and picture myself from third person. But when you're thinking about, let's say, someone's pitching you a ball and you're in the batter's box ready to hit, right? As you're visual, as I'm saying this, as you're visualizing it, are you seeing yourself in the batter's box through first person lens or a third person lens? Because for me, which is hard to do, I see myself through a third person lens as if I'm in the bat or in the dugout looking at myself swinging. But that could also be powerful because now you're seeing yourself from an external factor. But do you see yourself as a first person or third person? I remember reading something to say that you should see yourself from your first person so that your brain actually really doesn't know what's happening if it was real or fake. So just wanted to put that out there because you want to look at, you want to look what you're visualizing through your own eyes and that's what first person is so i think that's very special that we even have the power to visualize to manifest and to actually go grab the thing we want it's why people say put your mind to i guess put your money where your mouth is i don't know so i think that's special stop being mean to yourself and start to visualize and now is the free three techniques that i was going to give you that I'm excited about, which are three breathing techniques, and I'm actually going to have to read them. The breathing techniques are very helpful when, first of all, when you're having self-talk or self-negative talk and doubt in your head, which can also be imposter syndrome, which will be the next episode, which I'm excited about. And that's basically like a heads up is um, – you got a job and you feel like you're not worthy of that job. You feel like you don't have the right requirements and you got lucky to have that job. That's imposter syndrome, which I'm going to get to later because a lot of athletes, especially basketball players, any athlete, but this channel is for basketball players, 
basketball players go through imposter syndrome thinking that they shouldn't be on the team. Anyways, breathing techniques is helpful in your life because they change, uh, just like the book that I'm reading right now, they change, they change brain waves, brain waves. They change your brain. They change your stimulation in your brain. They change the way you feel, the way you think, how empathy how much empathy you can feel towards someone, how much gratitude just by sitting down. And the perfect thing about these techniques is that you don't have to pay for them. They're within yourself. They're breathing techniques. You do them every day. But now you're going to be conscious of what you're doing. So breathing techniques have always been there. And usually they're part, um, they're part of cultures and you'll learn them. But I learned them through an account on YouTube called Breathe and Flow. And their names are actually Brie and Flo. Uh, I love them to death. I don't even know them, but thank you for uh, teaching me. And just like they would want me to teach my audience what I learned because, you know, it's always good. Be a teacher or be a student, never a teacher. So there's three ones, three that I wanted to teach you. And the first one is the Breath of Fire, which I learned actually this year uh, while doing this 30-day yoga challenge in January. And it's Kapobati, the breath of fire. And all you want to do is, well, first of all, this one increases energy. Uh, I remember the title of the video saying that it'll make your forehead shine like, you know, like a red, like you get very red. Breath of fire, you're raising energy, you're raising awareness in your body to bring energy up, basically. And all you want to do is let out, uh, you want to take a deep breath, let it all out. And let some air in your stomach. So all you want to do is and let some air in your stomach. But as you're doing that, now you want to exhort force. You want to push force air out of your nose as if there is a moko or a booger in your nose and you're trying to get it out. <laughs> and you're about to, you're going to do 36 uh, breaths of those, 36 reps. And it's kind of like... Let some air in there, and now you're going to exert force out of your nose. <laughs> Sorry if that hurts your ears through the mic, but you're going to do 36 reps of those, and then you can breathe normally. And then uh, I remember doing them like three sets. Well, that's already raising me. But I remember doing like three sets of those uh, 36 reps, or you could just do one to start off. But I used to do them uh, before like we would have our warm-ups. I would do them just to raise uh, heat and body temperature in my body, just trying to get myself warm and ready. And then it's a breathing techniques. So I always love breathing techniques. The second one is Samavritti. I've already talked about this one, but Samavritti is box breathing or even breathing. And this one is also um, basically aligning your nervous system you know, those jitters, like I was saying, for performance anxiety, you're at a heightened stage and you're trying to get down because when you're playing at a heightened stage or a low heightened stage, you're not going to play to the best of your ability. You want to be in a perfect arousal state and you just want to be in the middle. You don't want to be too high or no too low. You just want to be in the middle and you just want to be the best basketball player you can be. So why not do Samavriti, which is box breathing or even breathing? And all you want to do is the same ratio, so a one-to-one-to-one-to-one ratio. Usually, I like to do four seconds, and it's an inhale, hold, exhale, hold, inhale, hold, exhale, hold. So it's a square, just like it said, box breathing, samavriti. It's a square. 
So I do four. I think the video of a flow, he said that he does five seconds. So it's literally an inhale for five. And then you're going to hold for five. And then now you're going to exhale. And then you're going to hold, inhale, hold, exhale. And then that's basically one round. You could do that about 10 rounds or you can go for a time. You could do it for 10 minutes. You could do it for five minutes. You can do it for an hour if you want. And uh, the thing that I love about Samavriti, uh, box breathing, is that I'm focusing on the numbers and it gets kind of my thoughts. I would do them in the beginning of when I was at first in the meditation, uh, new to the meditation game, uh, because it was very hard to get, when you start to meditate, it's very hard for those thoughts to just come into your brain. Oh, what did I have last night? What did I eat last night? Uh, what movie did I watch earlier? Like all those thoughts are coming in your head. But when you're counting for yourself, counting to five, counting to four, counting to eight, now it becomes much harder for those thoughts to come in because your solely purpose is on the numbers. And then you feel even more uh, better because your sympathetic nervous system, parasympathetic nervous system is so uh, well done and so well um, just cleansed. Uh, the last uh, breathing technique is... I always get it wrong, but anulam vilam, and this is alternate nostril breathing, which is one I think I said on my very first episode, which is on Spotify. And anulam vilam is alternate nostril breathing, and it's basically what it is. So what you're going to do is grab your right hand, and all the only fingers you're going to use is your thumb and your ring finger on your right hand. So then with the two fingers right with the index and the middle finger right you could just put them down and then it's kind of hard to put your pinky down because your ring finger is up so you're just going to put it over your nose right you're going to breathe in all the air and then when you're exhaling all the air out you're going to plug your right your right nostril with your right thumb and inhale through your left nostril right so like this right and then when you get to the top, when you get to the top of that, that inhale, you're going to close your left nostril with your index finger. And while you close it, you're going to exhale the air out of your right nostril. And you're going to repeat. So then now you're going to, when you exhale, you're going to close your thumb and now breathe through your left nostril. And now close your left nostril and exhale through your right nostril. And then you could do that about, uh, I do it for time, so I do it about 8 minutes, 9 minutes, 10 minutes. And that one just, it just, uh, you know, aligns your nervous system and it balances both sides of your body. And I always felt perfect after. It's like working out, right? You don't want to just work out. If I went in the gym and only worked out the left side of my body, my right body is going to kind of feel weird. So with this uh, breathing technique, I kind of align my body uh, all at once and it's just one cohesive body and yeah it's just balancing both sides and both energies of my body so only use the thumb to close the right nostril and ring finger to close the left nostril and then yeah you're gonna inhale through your left nostril and exhale through your right nostril so yeah if you made it this far thank you uh, we talked about sports performance anxiety. We talked about how you should stop talking mean to yourself, just like I was as a kid telling I 
myself. I suck. I suck. I suck. Um, I don't suck though. I'll shoot you. I swear to God, I'll, I'll shoot you. I won't shoot you. I'm not John Morant. I'll out shoot you. I'll out shoot you. So, um, yeah. And then we talked about visualization and how I used to picture the goods and bads in the locker room as you should, as anyone should, because now when a good or bad comes, I'm not too high and I'm not too low. I'm in that perfect arousal state. And then I talked about Jim Carrey, how he used the power of visualization and wrote himself a check and years later accepted the role to Dumb and Dumber and accepted that $10 million right back to his name. And then I gave you three breathing techniques, which I hope you take. And then, um, yeah, I hope you take. And then I, it was from Brie and Flo, so not from me. So don't come at me. But Brie and Flo showed me, so I just wanted to show you what I learned as an athlete and how I put yoga and sports together. And those three was Kapabati, which is breath of fire, Samavriti, which is box breathing, and An- Anlum Vilum, which is alternate nostril breathing. And those three um, breathing techniques are the ones that I use. And in my last Thursday's episode, I talk about how I want to keep starting. I want to start podcast. How I keep wanting to start meditation again because I have no more excuse not to do it. And I just bought a book which has to do with meditation. So why not keep doing meditation? So uh, thank you guys for even listening to my talk. Thank you guys. Um, it would be a huge favor if you can subscribe to my YouTube, uh, which you'll be listening to this. And then if you're listening to audio, thank you so much for listening on Spotify. I know exactly who you are, my friends, family, teammates. Thank you so much. It means so much if you guys could, uh, I don't want to say smash that like button because that's what everyone says. But yeah, if you could like the video and then like the clips of the videos and subscribe to this video or not to this video, to this channel. It'd be greatly appreciated. And again, um, I have that voicemail, speak pipe on my Instagram link tree, or if you click on my link tree, it'll say like voice memos, and you can send me a voice memo. You could say how much I suck on this podcast, uh, if I need new equipment, if you guys aren't hearing me well, anything. And either I can make a joke about it, or um, just listen to it so I could have feedback on this podcast on if you guys are liking it, if you guys aren't, if I should stop doing it, <laughs> if I should uh, keep doing it. So it would just be greatly appreciated if I can get those words out. Uh, hopefully I get more comfortable behind this microphone and behind this GoPro. And hopefully uh, this audience keeps building uh, day by day, taking it day by day as it should, just like the metamorphosis title that you should be growing into adulthood. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, As you guys can see, I have not uh, posted uh, videos on Reels or Reels and TikToks just because I felt like I was spending a lot of my time doing those little videos when I should be spending my time on these full podcast episodes, uh, solo guest guest episodes. I was just thinking of the wrong things. So uh, I'm going to be posting these short clips on YouTube, probably like five to ten minute, three to ten minute videos long. And then also the full podcast episode. So thank you guys for listening. Um, Follow my YouTube, which if you're already watching this, you found my YouTube. So please subscribe. And then if you like to listen to audio, it's on Spotify, Metamorphosis with Zachary. Um, So yeah, 21, not 21, 21 uh, episodes, I think this will be, or 22. 
thank you guys for listening. And remember to always come back to the breath. Thank you.